Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Random Access Memories. This week, I am joined by a staple of the Simply Syndicated universe. It's Ari. Hello. Hello, and welcome to the show. You're the I'm first so girl. I'm so excited. Yes. Yay. So let's let's just crack on because these things either are quite short or take forever. <laughs> so and and they're generally all very long so we'll get cracking so ari what year were you born and where did you grow up <laughs> i was born in 1990 okay. and i grew up in montreal in canada right i i feel that affects our, our gaming history significantly yes because by the time you were born mine had already been underway for some time yeah, and in my childhood, I experienced uh, significant blockages to my ability to play computer games, uh, which I can get into because they're very funny. Um, so I grew up in a household that didn't have a really a functioning television. Um, we did have a TV set. It was it lived on top of our freezer in the kitchen, and it was so old. It was older than me. It was so old that it didn't have um, like a method of changing the channels. It just had. Uh, a, a column of buttons numbered 2 to 13 going down the side and you would press those to get different channels and only two of them worked um, if you if you wiggled the rabbit ears properly okay um, so that that had no way of, of communicating with a box that plays com- the video games whatsoever and um, when I was uh, 12 uh, for my bat mitzvah which is like a like a Jewish sweet 16 kind of only it has more religious significance um my best friend at the time and his parents gave me a GameCube as a as a gift because it was this friend with whom I played computer games. I went to his house after school. We played computer games and video games together on N64 and later the GameCube. And the family was pretty well versed in my enjoyment of video games and lack of ability to play them on yeah. my own. Was so that- they gave me... Mm? Sorry, I, I hate to interrupt. I have to ask, was it a, were you a, a sort of we won't have TV in this house kind of house? Yeah, it was just a right. we don't need that kind of garbage kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Um I I mean I my form of enter, my my main form of entertainment when I was a kid, I was quite happy to just read all of the books. Um but I did get to a certain point where I I got into that video game stuff and I wanted more access and um it was just a kind of the situation where uh, my parents wanted to prevent me from doing anything in excess. So it resulted in me not being able to do it at all kind of a thing. Yeah. It worked also with junk food, which is why I am now a candy fiend. Um, uh, yeah, so I was given this GameCube when I was 12 as a gift. And uh, at this point, we did have another television set. It it was uh, only a, it was basically a VCR machine. We used it to play VHS tapes. And um this was also the reason I grew up watching Star Trek on VHS that my dad had recorded off air during the 80s. Uh, we had the entire series of Next Generation just recorded onto VHS tapes. And that's how I watched Star Trek. And that's basically what I grew up on. Um, so I had this GameCube and I had it plugged into the second TV we got, which literally was an external media player. And uh, I played Super Mario Sunshine. I borrowed uh, Twilight Princess from a friend. I played that. And I had um, a Super Mario... What was it? Uh, I had Mario Party, but no one to play it with because I only had one controller. Um, 
And then it got to the point, I think I was in eighth grade at this point. My parents uh, wanted to prevent me from spending more time on, on the GameCube than I was doing productive things. So I got sort of forcibly rationed and then the GameCube went away. I think they just hid it somewhere and forgot where they put it. And I just never had access to it again. We did eventually find it much later. Um, but that was kind of after I had found other things to do. Um, See, I, like, I think this is the problem with consoles is that they were games consoles. Whereas we had computers and you could say, well, you can do schoolwork on it and stuff. Well, that's the thing. I also grew up with my dad's old Mac computers and we, we've been a Mac family from the beginning. And when he eventually got the, um, you know, the ones that had that big transparent sort of back. Yeah. The, the, the IMAX. The that, first IMAX. Yeah. Those came with two games, Bugdom and Nanosaur. And I was really into those games. I had no idea how to play, play them properly, but they were games and I wanted to play them. So I did. Um, but again, that, that ended up, my, my access to that ended up getting restricted. And also I was into flash games on the internet, like Neopets and, and random stuff like that. And my ability to access this stuff always eventually did get restricted. Um, and in the end, I think my sort of last childhood video game experience was borrowing my cousin's Game Boy and playing Pokemon on that, which sort of started off a very strong childhood affinity for the Pokemon series. I had also been collecting the, the trading cards at that time. Yeah, I know you yeah, to be quite a big Pokemon fan, to be honest. Yes, this is the reason I was so evangelical about it when you got your 3DS, was because this was my, like, the quintessential childhood like like Nintendo game was Pokemon like Zelda and Mario were were you know present and fun and interesting but it really was Nintendo was Pokemon to me um hmm. yeah see because Mario Mario was Nintendo to me because we had many more years of Nintendo with just Mario and I I wonder now how many people made that mental leap over to the Pokemon Association or whether it just got added to things uh as they grew older yeah well i think zelda is also a pretty significant player um i did really love twilight princess and i wish it had gotten a 3ds port um because i would play the hell out of that i haven't played twilight princess yet i I honestly thought it was better than ocarina of time i know i know everyone says ocarina is the best one but i think i liked twilight princess the best see i I think the best one now has got to be breath of the wild arguably Although I would, I would love to play that someday. Do you know? What? I feel bad saying that. Like, it, it's kind of well. Of course, it's the best one. Look at yeah. what it's running on. Yeah. And and so is it fair to really comp because it's just so far ahead of the others, you know? And and all the others you've got to kind of look at in the context of their time in nineteen eighty. Yeah, Breath of the Wild is in a in an environment where sandbox games are a thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a different proposition altogether. I think, yeah, I, I enjoyed Ocarina of Time. I really did. And I'm yet to play Twilight Princess. Um, I just know I'll get obsessed with it. And so I haven't yet. It's on the shelf waiting to be obsessed oh, got over. It. Yeah. Or is it? Hang on. Have I got... No, I don't know if it's Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword. Uh, no, I haven't played that one either. I think that one came out after I sort of stopped paying attention to Zelda. 
because they were and then yeah there was a sort of a video game uh desert in my life sort of somewhere between my mid-teens and my late teens early 20s um at which point i started listening to uh simply syndicated podcasts or uh, no i'd been listening to your podcasts for a while but i was listening to world one stage one and it was mainly just because it was yet another podcast on the network and i had to consume all of them um even though i didn't have much experience i didn't think i had much experience in the world of video games but i started listening to it and i thought these guys are really funny i like this i want to do what they're talking about um and then one of them gifted me the orange box on steam because i was one of their sort of uh, uh sycophantic chatty listeners who just kept yelling at them and and drawing them fan art and so they gave me the orange box and that sort of reopened the pandora's box of video games for me so i got portal i got half-life 2 i got team fortress 2 before it was free to play uh and that kind of started me off on the world of of computer games so i had steam and i've always been running um you know mac computers and so i played what i was able to play on a mac and then i got into having to create a boot camp partition so i could play things on windows yeah i think that really changed things for mac owners that was do you know what that was when we all started to realize we had rubbish graphics cards yeah i think it was because it didn't matter there were no games it didn't matter that you couldn't run any because step one of running a game is have a game you know and and so we didn't even get as far as the how awful is my graphics card then we got boot camp and it became painfully obvious immediately and well, it still is what i've noticed what i've noticed is even if the graphics card in your mac is good windows on boot camp doesn't know how to talk to it this has been my biggest problem especially recently when i've been trying to play things like overwatch is my operating system my windows operating system would shit itself and die every time i tried to play overwatch because the graphics card and this took me hours and hours and hours of investigation online and forums and talking to apple representatives until i finally found somebody who knew what i was talking about and he basically said that the hardware in the mac is not something that bootcamp and windows together know how to communicate with okay in terms of the graphics card i i have no information to either agree or contradict it i take your word for it I mean, this is the only thing I've been able to come to the conclusion because I can play Overwatch now in windowed mode on potato rub dirt in your eyes settings. Ah, that's rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the sad truth is really still, if you want to play Windows games, you need a Windows gaming PC. Yeah. And I I hate to say it because I want one and don't have one. And I'm also aware of how much they cost. Yeah, so, I, I'm in that boat with you entirely. I, I'd, I'd really like one, and I would get use out of it. I think. I, I also have a Steam library of a hundred odd games, all yeah. unplayed, all of them just totally unplayed. They're there for when you can play them. <clears throat> That's why I've bought them all, but I'm now questioning when that day will ever come. Because I started doing it on my last Mac laptop, thinking, well, the next one will be great. And then I got the yeah. best one money could buy, and it still wasn't enough. And, you know, <laughs> if I were to buy one today, it probably wouldn't be much better. So I, I don't know. We need one of those massive Mac, uh, iMac Pros that are coming out. They've got proper graphics cards but, but again uh, with that money yeah. you could probably buy a, a gaming pc <laughs> you could i i 
will tell you you could and buy still have your your old mac which is just as good at doing all of the mac stuff it's still doing well to be honest i th- i think you could buy with the same money a gaming pc and a new mac to go with to go Christ. with it you know I, I i'm expecting them to come out around the five thousand dollar mark i don't like thinking about that much money it's insane isn't it but i i think the point is they're not for you they're not even for me those they're for animators and people professionals yeah yeah well at at least people who people whose professional use requires all that stuff i podcasting editing really look i i did that on my power mac 13 years ago it hasn't become any more demanding uh (laughs) it just does it quicker now so i i don't need an imac pro although i would like one excuse me so okay right so let's recap you had the gamecube but it disappeared and then the brief gap from gaming in the late teens that's not altogether uncommon and you you i'm guessing you were a teenager with like friends and going out and all that stuff no no i was a teenager with a laptop and spent all of my time on the laptop talking to people on the internet okay okay I suppose that is the other teenager use of computers, isn't it? And I, I forget that because it hadn't been invented when I was a teenager, and I can't believe I said that. You know what I was doing on Friday nights? Super happy fun time. Oh, you see, that's bizarre, because by the time that was happening, I was doing super happy fun time. That makes not much <laughs> sense. But, yeah, the, I still cannot comprehend what it must have been like being at school when things like instant messenger existed well okay, um, i think i started listening to simply syndicated in 2006 when i was 16 ish and at that time i was still in high school and i had my first own i had my own computer because my school has started this laptop program where everyone in my grade had to get this laptop it was like this old ibm piece of shit thing but it was my piece of shit and of course there were there was this massive trend of the guys in my grade playing counter-strike in class <laughs> <laughs> of course there was. Of course there was. I was on was. live channel. Yeah, I would have done it. it. Oh, I can't believe that. As if you just get computers from school. That is still we bizarre. Them. We had to buy them. We had well, to buy them. Yeah, but you all end up with one. That's... Yeah, you could like buy it out for a dollar at the end of the term. But you still had bought them. So have you had any console history post? Nope. Nothing. <laughs> I have my 3DS that I bought, like, this time last year, basically. Right. Have you much experience? So, was that... No, you said you had a Game Boy. Is that no, correct? No, I borrowed it from you a cousin. borrowed it. Okay, so you, your 3DS was, like, the first... One that I properly uh, owned. Me too. It was, uh-huh. it was certainly my first Nintendo handheld. Yeah. Or my No, it was my first Nintendo. Sorry, that's what I'm getting confused, because it wasn't my first console at all. What am I talking about? But it was my first Nintendo. And I... Do you know what? I As much as good as the Switch is, and it's it's fucking awesome, I I love that 3DS more. Yeah, it's great. I, I have much more of an emotional attachment to the object and all the experiences I've had with it than I do with the Switch. And I... That's not the Switch's fault. The Switch is, is fine. It's just that that 3DS, there's something, there's something endearing about how more, how much more primitive it is 
Yes. And even though it is more primitive, you still get all the thrills and excitement and everything you get from playing games on this little thing. I I love that it's less delicate, you know? Is the Switch delicate? It feels like it is to me. Mm, I, I haven't I, interacted with one physically before, so I don't really know. I mean, the thing itself is, but it's a black slab. It's a tablet. You know, it's a fairly... Ah, it, it's yes, a, it's not, it doesn't feel like a hunk of plastic. No, no. The the 3DS feels, it feels almost indestructible. I'm very sure they're not, and I have no intention of putting that to the test. But <laughs> I don't fear it when I just throw that thing in my bag. Yeah. It, it's clearly made for that and the switch is clearly not made for that so i the switch probably needs a carrying case it does it absolutely needs a carrying case Ugh. um which makes it this big huge thing i have one but it's huge if i'm taking that switch somewhere i've got to really mean it whereas the and three... it's supposed to be a portable console huh well it is portable it really is and as far as the the main consoles go it is by far the most portable um and it, it kind of specializes in being more portable around the house think of it like that i i yeah. if i were going on a long plane ride i'd take my 3ds but that's exactly what i bought mine for <laughs> I, I i do you know what i'm disappointed that since i've had mine i've not been on a long plane for, plane ride um and so I've not had the chance to test it, but I'm willing to bet I could play games for an entire flight. Well, you know what I did was, okay, so the Pokemon Sun and Moon came out November 17th last year, which okay. was the day after my birthday and the day before I got on a plane to fly to South Korea. And that flight, I mean, the second leg of it is about 13 hours. And... Um, so what happened was, oh, no, the game came out the same day I had to leave Canada. And what I needed to do was download the game at midnight so that by the time I got on the plane, it would be ready to go. And when I was on the plane, I opened it up and I played the game. And there were other people on that plane playing that game because I was able to like I turned on, I turned on airplane mode, but I had like the street pass or whatever. Yeah. So I was able to use the interactive features with the other people who were on the plane playing the same game because it was day of release. God, that's... I really underestimate what these games mean to people. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's just another Pokemon game. And it and it is, in actual fact, my first Pokemon game. But to some people, this is, this is almost religious levels. I, I get that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the, the Nintendo eShop recently uh, put out the some <coughs> virtual console versions of Pokemon Gold and Silver. Yes. I bought Gold. I just bought Gold because Silver was the one I played on the Game Boy I borrowed from my cousin. How do so, they differ? I, um, I still don't get it. The legendary Pokemon you can get at the end is different. And I think there's the, the reason the games come out in pairs is because in certain versions, only some Pokemon are available. Like, there's the main group of Pokemon that you can get in that pair of games. And let's say, like, ten of them you can't get in one, but you can get in the other, and vice versa. So this is really just a crafty ploy to get you to buy both? Yes. And the, does the game itself vary at all? I'm not sure. I haven't gotten far enough. I'm actually planning when when um, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon come out in November, again, the day after my birthday, I'm planning to get Ultra Sun because I have Moon. 
Yeah. I have moon as well. So I don't know how it's different from sun. Well, sun and moon did have more actual mechanics that were different, I think, than in previous versions. Like, like the time of day thing was relevant. Like, you could evolve your whatever into a nighttime thing versus the daytime thing. And different things happened during time of day. So it was actually more of a global difference. All right. I didn't know that. Than in other games, like... I'm not really sure how it worked in, in like, there's X and Y and black and white and uh, ruby, sapphire and all that stuff. And I know they did have differences, but I didn't play them. So I'm not sure what they were. Yeah, maybe I'll find out one day. But I in my in my vaguest memories, the earlier games, I think the only difference is uh, the um, legendary you get at the end and maybe one or two other minor differences. I'm far from the end as as far as I know. I think what one of the other things was that they it encouraged you to trade Pokemon with other players who had the other version. Okay. That makes that makes sense. Which will have been handy on the plane. Um yeah, I don't think I had gotten to that point yet, but uh, I I'll be honest, I haven't played any sort of multiplayer 3DS stuff ever i don't think oh man yeah that's the thing i have mario kart i have smash brothers and i got them optimistically because well okay i got them nostalgically because those were the the big fun games i played on on the nintendo 64 and the gamecube when i was playing them with friends but i haven't played those with other people just with the computer that you see that's you mentioned mario party earlier I, I think Mario Party is a great idea, but it just reminds me I've got no friends here. Yeah, so It exactly. just makes me sad. It's like, oh, that well, looks like a great for, game. I haven't got friends to play with. It's, it's good for if you have housemates or parties at your house. That's it. I mean, yeah, there was the time we played Fusion Frenzy on the Xbox in our student house. That was the thing. Mario Party. Oh, no, it will have been a thing then. Absolutely, it will. I'm not that old, but we didn't have a Nintendo in the house. Yeah. Which was odd because the console owners of us at the time really wanted a GameCube. It just, it kind of, it, it kind of got stuck in being that, the middle one. Yeah. You know? Because it was fairly limited too. You could only play certain kinds of games on it. As, as much as Nintendo consoles ever are, I think it had pretty good game support and it, it was the cheapest of the, the three, but the PS2 came out first. So everybody who wanted one a new console went out and got that then when the xbox came out a bit later that was the most powerful with the best graphics so other people then went and got that one and the the gamecube was like it's it's not the worst or the best it's just there and so it kind of got missed a bit i think i mean i'd I'd love me i love it now the gamecube also had a funny effect on me in that it was my favorite controller ever and not having had extensive experience on any other console, I now am very confused by the PlayStation and Xbox controllers. I find the double joystick thing very irritating. Like, I tried to play Halo, I think it was, a couple years ago. I was with some friends and we were, they were playing Halo and I, I tried. And the whole thing of having to run around and move the other joystick to change your view really fucked with my head. Oh dear. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean, but I actually find uh, the, the reverse has become true for me. 
that I get frustrated by the lack of a second joystick on the GameCube, but really only for first-person shooter games. Yeah, I never played those on the GameCube. I, I'm finding Metroid Prime extremely difficult going. Not mm. not because of the game, but because merely of its control method. And if it had, if it had like a, a double joystick setup, I'd be through it by now. But, See, that's why I play that kind of game on the computer because I have my mouse and I have WASDA. I think ultimately that is the best. Still, that is the best way of doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm kind of surprised there aren't more keyboard and mouse add-ons for consoles, to be honest, because it is so much better. Well, one of the things I've seen a lot is um, PC players of Overwatch plugging in a a controller and, like, shitting their pants because it was so difficult. Like, they don't understand how console players play the game. It's, well, you just get used to it, really. Um, I went from playing sort of first-person shooters on a PC, first of all, to a console. And I, I actually di- I didn't find the transition that difficult. And, and perhaps never really experienced it that much because I'm not big on multiplayer. I, th- I think that's it. The most, most first-person multiplayer I ever played was GoldenEye on the N64. And that was local. Yes. That was, that was four of us sat around watching it on a 13-inch 13 13-inch 13 television split into four. <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. You'd, you'd honestly have a bigger screen if everybody just got an iPhone Plus and, and <laughs> played on that. Uh, and we would sit there at some distance from the television as well because you just did. And well, that's how Mario Kart worked back in the day. Absolutely. We did that as well. Lots of uh, Mario Kart 64 battle mode, which I'm kind of... I know it's in the new one, but it's not the same. It's not the same. I need to play the N64 one some more. But then you need an N64 controller, which is... It's difficult, because nothing else has multiple buttons. Or this, the same number of buttons, I should say. So they're difficult to replicate. So what? apart from Pokemon, what else have you been playing on the 3DS? Uh, I don't really play with it these days. I I recently tried to, you know, get back into it, which involved getting the Pokemon Gold a couple days ago. Um, I have the Zelda game. I have, uh, what else do I have? Um, I mean, it really was when I bought it, I knew it was mainly going to be a Pokemon machine. Which is fine. Yeah. Um... It's kind of a, a, when I think about it, it does feel like a travel device for like, if I can't use my phone, I'll be on this. Okay. Do you, um, use, do you use your phone much for gaming? I play mobile games, um, like time waster games, filler games. Like actually recently I did get into Hearthstone, which you do need the internet for. Um, and I'm actually I'm actually getting into it now. I don't play it competitively or anything. I just like it as a mechanic. Right. Um, but mainly what I play on my phone is I have this this ridiculous, um, you know, like Bejeweled where you, you know, join up jewels together to make them disappear kind of thing. Yeah. There's one like that. It's called Simon's Crunch Time. It's based on the uh, cartoon, the YouTube cartoons of Simon's cat. It's this guy who has an annoying cat in his cartoons, and it's very funny. Okay. And there's a game branded with, it's basically you're playing, uh, you're trying to feed the cats, and you join these things together to feed them. And I got it on a whim a little while ago, like 
couple months ago, and I've been completely addicted to it ever since. Like, I am now at the point where I finish the levels before they can update it with more levels. I see. It's ridiculous. I love this game. It makes me feel very competent and like I I, I am intelligent and good at puzzles. <laughs> That's why I like playing Zelda games. It, it makes when I if you complete puzzles, it makes you feel clever. Yeah, I think I got to the point with Zelda where when I was a child, I had the single singular focus to do that, and now I don't. And though I am on medication to allow me to focus on things when I so choose, it's still not the same. And I feel like oh, I can just look up the solution on the internet when this is particularly frustrating. And I don't want to want to do that, but I do it. I, I know the feeling, though. I have trouble focusing myself and wish I could be on medication to help. Um, I certainly did. You see, but I have more patience now than I did as a child. I, I couldn't. It, it's occurred to me the more I've started enjoying computer games as an adult and looking back at older stuff, it's amazed me how little I knew about it at the time and when i say that i mean things like the the plot of games or what the goal of that game was altogether or in just basic information you would think you had to know to play a game i had no idea i I was just moving a joystick and it's yeah it's not till now that i've i've learned to take the time to read text on a screen and and that sort of thing um, but still, my patience can wane somewhat. Well, uh, different different games fulfill different kind of needs. There's the there's the shooty games, there's the puzzle games, and then there's the plot games. What what are you, what are you into the most? Um, I mean, if you look at my hours played on Steam, it will very clearly show you that I'm into you know single player RPGs, like explore the world, pick up items, uh, interact with things, understand the lore. And you also sometimes fight things. So Skyrim, Mass Effect, and Assassin's Creed and Bioshock were my main ones. And I think I've sunk in over 400 hours on Skyrim and almost that much on Oblivion. And I've played through the Mass Effect series two or three times. I have played all of the Assassin's Creed games from Assassin's Creed 2 up until but not including Assassin's Creed 3. So... Two Brotherhood Revolution uh, or whatever that one was, the R one. I've lost count of them. I I used to be able to tell you what they all were, but now I don't know. And there's been eighty seven different Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, I got to three and I just couldn't keep up with it. And I wanted to play it because it's basically about the people, the native people who live lived here. Um, and because it's Ubisoft, they're a Montreal based company. And they actually, you know, collaborated with uh, uh, indigenous people to get the language and the like, like environmental stuff more accurate. So I really wanted to experience that and enjoy that, but I just couldn't get on board with the game. Yeah, I don't know which one that was. That's the one in North America, in Boston and uh, thereabouts. I've still never played one. They, they, I am stunned at how little they appeal to me. It's, I loved the fir- the second, third, and fourth ones I mean, so much. I I'm in no way talking them down. I I'm not saying they're bad at all. Although of course it's a series of games, some are better than others. But 
I, they should appeal to me, and yet they don't. Alison, of course, what, as you what know. What platform did you try playing them on? Xbox. Mm, maybe that's it, because I played them on the computer. It's been I don't long, know. It's been a long time since I've spent much time sat in front of the computer playing a game. Mm. I kind of miss it. And it, it might, I don't know, it might be making a comeback. I'm playing a few more sort of emulated games on my computer. Especially now I've got myself a decent joypad, which has helped a lot. Um, you know, old Nintendo games and that sort of thing. So I don't know, maybe I can make the move over. I've not played really any management games for a while. I used to love those. I bought City yeah, Skylines. Yeah, those drive me nuts. I cannot do those. No, you need a bit more action, I think. Yeah. Well, the thing the thing about Skyrim that I liked so much was it, it you, you feel very mobile and like you have a lot of agency you can decide what you want to do which quests and storylines you want to pursue but there's just so much there that you have you like it's almost inexhaustible and with mods it basically is inexhaustible and you can there's so many different you know starting points of character creation you can very much have different experiences if you start the game over and pick a different path and unfortunately i am the kind of person who i i will play the game and I will always end up sticking to very similar choices, even if I make a conscious decision to, let's say, I I tend to prefer to play stealth and ranged attack characters. Yeah. And next time I'll try and play a mage character, but I'll still make the same sort of like plot choices or vice versa. I'll, I'll play the same kind of stealth archer character, but I'll try to make the opposite plot choices. Um, like in Mass Effect, I, I find it very hard to play Renegade. I always play Paragon, and in the last game, I play Paragade a little bit because some of the the Renegade choices are not as assholey as in the first two games. But I find it hard to to you know play an asshole in video games. Is that what the character is in Mass Effect? I don't. No, there's oh, it's it's there's there's two sort of reputation systems. Ah, and, right. And by making certain choices, you either put points in paragon or renegade which makes you a sort of a hero character or a i mean it's not a villain it's more like you get things done by any means necessary and then paragon is more like you save everyone and rescue the cat from the tree yeah um so i i always want to play the hero and not the sort of i'm gonna get it done and i don't care who dies in the process you can do that in fallout you certainly couldn't in Fallout 3 and I don't I'm actually not yeah you have reputation in Fallout 4 um, and I'm the same that I never like to see what happens when you go the other way like it matters you know it, I mean it's a computer game uh, like in do you know what it is it's in Bioshock with the little sisters yeah are you going to harvest the energy or are you going to let them go and I've never been able to play it through and kill them all Yep, I did it. The first time I played, I did it by accident. I didn't realize what I was doing, and I harvested the first one, and that fucked me up for the rest of the game. It it does kind of fuck you up, and if you kill one of them, you yeah. still don't get the correct ending with it all and that sort of thing, yeah. do you? Uh, maybe I should play through again. I might feel a little less sympathetic to them now I've played Bioshock 2. <laughs> We'll see. Well, you... I want to play the remastered versions. It's it's very much the same game still. 
it it's weird how I, I i got them i think was it last christmas they came out um and i was kind of underwhelmed with the remasters not because they were done badly but because to be honest i think they really showed up the lack of progression between the the xbox 360 and the xbox one and the ps3 and the ps4 it, it was it was definitely technically better. It absolutely was, but it wasn't much better. I, I kind of felt bad that I had them again, to be honest. Um, so, it, I don't know. I mean, if you ever get the chance to get them, get them, but don't feel too bad about not playing them. Well, yeah. if I replay Massive uh, uh, Bioshock, I'll, I'll try the remastered versions. Didn't they just give them to everybody on Steam? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was it. It just occurred to me because I was I was thinking the console stuff. Maybe the PC version is much better than I, I. I hope so. That I wouldn't know um, because yeah, this Mac didn't really want to run any version, so you know, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just depressing. This computer, I hold it in contempt sometimes when I I just given up trying to play games on it. To be honest, it's it's not right. I need it. We need gaming PCs. That's really the only way forward. Yeah. I'd play Overwatch then. Yes, you should. Please. You know, that'd be great, but, you know, need a gaming PC. And and to be honest, I don't know if I'd rather buy, like, £2,000 worth of console games, which is a lot of games. Or consider buying hardware that would allow you to play all of the games you already own. Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. One day. One day, Ari. Yeah. I, I remain yeah. optimistic. One day. I'll fill this well, room. Here's, with- a, here's an interesting uh, uh, sort of statement. I, th- I have the job I have now very largely as a result of Simply Syndicated. Okay. So, like, like I told you, I did not play video games very much after that period in my childhood. And then sort of my revival of interest was as a result, like mostly as a result of listening to World 1 Stage 1. And I got into video games again and I started playing them and sort of branching out and and making video games a very significant interest and hobby of mine. And they have maintained that presence in my life since then. And then uh, sort of in this spring, I saw an ad for a, a position at a video games testing company and I applied for the job and I got it. So now I work in the video games industry as a tester, mostly because I got back into video games because of World 1, Stage 1 and Simply Syndicated. It's weird to think that, but I get it. It makes me worry, though. (laughs) I mean, and this is just how my brain ends up working and why I don't sleep at night. It's like, well, what if she has a car accident on the way to work now? Then then you did that. That's I don't what... drive. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, and don't. nothing bad must happen. This must all be good. That's I'm it. on board with that. I would like it if nothing bad ever <clears throat> happens to me. Yeah, I'm on board. And all the listeners of Simply Syndicated, I, I, I hope <laughs> nothing bad ever happens to you as a result of listening to our content. Although, it's, do you know what? It's been a while since I've had an email. I laughed so hard I nearly drove the car off the road. You oh, know? yes. See, I like, have this look on my face. Yeah. Please don't drive your car off the road. D- don't. Although, I don't know. Are we that funny anymore? I've not been funny for ages. I just moan about <laughs> things now. 
I don't know. Um, so I, uh, that f- are we at the end then? I don't know. I, I mean, I could always blather more about computer games, but like, it's kind of interesting to me that I, I mean, one way or another, even if, even if I had gotten back into video games from another method, now this is a pretty sort of significant thing in my life professionally. Yes, very true. And I'm, you know, unfortunately, I'm not making enough that I can just buy myself the hardware I want immediately, although that would be lovely. But it's interesting. I could, I could, you know, end up, you know, somewhere along the lines working on a game that you guys talk about on one of these episodes. That would be pretty cool. And unfortunately, I can't actually talk about it because I signed a non-disclosure agreement. But if a game comes out and I have worked on it, I can tell you to look for my name in the credits. Oh, very cool. So you couldn't, you yeah, so it, you could have been testing Super Mario Odyssey all week for all I know. And you can't tell me if you have or you haven't. I can't. I will assume you have then. <laughs> but that's how the NDAs work, isn't it? It's it's very hard. Uh, but yeah, that, that'd be very cool. Uh, I always get frustrated with video game credits, though. But unless there's someone I know in them. Yeah, especially when they're mandatory. I hate mandatory credits. I, I really do. I, and I'm in two minds with it. It's like, I understand that this is a, a group effort, to say the least, with most games. And everybody who worked on that deserves credit. That is absolutely true. But at the same time, I reserve the right to not care who did every little aspect because I'm not going to remember. With all the best will in the world, I am not going to remember everybody's name. So I, I don't know what the medium ground is. I think skippable credits. Yeah, I'm not really sure what purpose it serves either because unless that information is relevant to you, then why are you seeing it? And if it's relevant to you, you should be able to look it up. That makes sense. I mean, they, they go into the, the greatest minutiae with it, and, you know, and it's it's just why I, I'm, I know I, I am grateful that person did good work. But why do I need to know? Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to be picking up another game. and go, Oh, this is the same person that did the, the character animation on this other game. I will buy this. I have I, very, a very strong memory of sitting exactly where I'm sitting now at my computer and I've just finished one of the Assassin's Creed games, and then I'm stuck there for another 10 minutes waiting for it, for the credits to finish. Exactly. So while I accept that they might argue if people would, if you had skippable, skippable credits, people would just skip them. Yes, they would, because they don't want to watch them. And that means that when you've been showing them to them for 10 minutes, they aren't still watching anyway. Yeah. I mean, you've gone off to make a cup of coffee at that point, surely. Like, that, no one sits like, oh, yeah, that guy, and, and she went there, and that guy, and then, okay. <laughs> no, one do, no, no one does that. So... No it, one does it in movies, you leave. Exactly. I mean, they, I mean, well, they've now, Marvel have invented a way of making you look to see who the best boy grip was on every film. <laughs> I, but you're not actually reading it, you're just waiting. Yeah, you're just waiting to see, are they going to be eating shawarma again? Is that what it is? And it's we see it and we, we squeal a bit and we go home eventually. But you don't remember anybody's name. 
don't make us sit yeah. through credits. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it's just the way of things, I suppose. I wish there was just video game IMDb. Now you said that, isn't there? Hang on. What is it? I'm I'm looking now. But I think the search I've just done might be giving me... Yes, it's now looking for something called video game on IMDb. Mm. Oh, game-wise, is that still a thing? That, that is, that's come up in the... Come game on, Game Smith? No. Game-wise, the world of video games at your fingert- fingertips. Gamewise.co. IGDB, but does what's on it. It looks like maybe some people have had a go at this sort of thing, but do you know, I think it's a fantastically difficult thing to put together. I I really do. I bet it's harder than it is for movies. Yeah, especially because of the kind of company I'm in where there is, I mean, like the the, the sheer number of people who just test a game, you know, They, they send it out to companies like mine and we play it for a while and then... Maybe some days I'm working on it and some days somebody else is working on it. Yeah, it it must be just impossible to do. And it it must be even more impossible when you're talking about a game that's 25, 30 years old. Yeah. And it was made by a company that haven't existed since six months after that game came out, you know, and that sort of thing. And that must just be impossible information at this point. For a lot of things. I mean, I assume people who worked on games still know they worked on games. But other than that, the rest of us have no way of finding out. But ultimately, I don't know if anyone's looking. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just we, us and our friends. There, there seem to be sort of rock stars of game design. Like your, your people at Nintendo. They have a few. But the only names you know are the people who are at the top of the food chain, really, and not yeah. the people just doing the minute work. Yeah. And and Nintendo themselves have only just really started allowing these other people out of the basement, <laughs> so to speak, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's, 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 it's led to, I think, what's, what's been one of the best years ever for Nintendo in terms of the, the quality of stuff they've released. Um, you just heard about how the the old guard took a step back and let some of the young people come in and share their ideas. And it's like, and what have we learned? Okay, let that happen more. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, we need... It's a tricky thing, isn't it? Like, how do you know? I, I kind of think, mind you, with the rise of YouTube and other ga- prevalent gaming content... There is room for these people to be out there and be on stuff and be interviewed and talk to fans and that sort of thing. Yeah. And they, and God knows, game publishers and developers cause enough of a fuss on Twitter from time to time. You know, when they want to. That's doable. It's just, I, I tend not to follow any, but not through, well, I don't know, maybe. As we've established, I don't even know what games are about half the time. So remembering the people that made them <laughs> is, I've just got no chance. Well, one of my favorite things, I have this running joke with my friends who I play Overwatch with, is we basically just blame and thank Jeff Kaplan for everything. He's the only name. He's the face of he's the face of Overwatch for us. And I mean, for most people, they don't really know who is involved in the game aside from Jeff Kaplan. And sometimes there's things like, um, uh, I don't know, we get kicked from a game because not enough players. Thanks, Jeff Kaplan. But on the other hand, 
he has recently sort of written an open letter to players of Overwatch telling them to stop being such huge assholes to each other. Um, And so now every time someone's being toxic in the game, we send a little message saying, hey guys, please stop. Jeff said we're not allowed to be mean. Don't bully each other. And it's become this kind of running joke of like, you know, Jeff Kaplan, (laughs) the Overwatch Pope has said, and we mustn't, we mustn't disobey, you know, Jeff is watching. I, I just find it hard to believe that there's a video gaming community out there with, with toxic people in it being mean to each other. We're, we're all such nice people. That never happens. You know, we just want to play games and have a good time. And and say things about each other's mothers. <laughs> really from, nice things. From time to time. We like to do that. It hey, is, I heard your mom bake some really nice apple pie. That's what we say. Yeah. Th- things like that. Your mom taught you how to play video games really well. Congratulations on beating us. See, but you can make even that sound bad. Like, hey, Harry, I, I hear your mom make some good apple pie. Oh, God. See, you can do it in anything. You can do it in anything. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and on that note, I think we shall... Let's, let's call our little chat to an end for tonight. But that's a good idea that was wonderful catching up with you and having that chat thank you ever yeah. so much for joining me it's been I've far been, too I've long I've been missing this yes it's been far too long since we've podcasted yeah we, we should do more and stuff yes I'm sure I would we can be on sort something that. out and thank you to everybody for listening if you don't mind helping us keep going by popping on over to simplysyndicated.com slash everything and signing up there we'd really appreciate it see we affect people's lives We've yeah. learned tonight. This is important work we're doing here. If it wasn't Who for knows, that... maybe maybe Simply Syndicated could change the path of your life. Very, very true. Dear maybe, listener. Yes, maybe in a positive way. <laughs> Who knows? It could happen. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll be back another time. I was trying to do one a week, but life doesn't always work like that. But, I'm, I'm you know, we're still here. Don't worry. Uh, so next time, I'll see you in another show. Take care. Bye-bye.